Soul Filler Diaries is here to meet you wherever you are on your life path. Life is like a mountain trail with ups and downs, twists and turns. It is most fulfilling when you follow the path best suited for you and find the beauty along the way. We hope to be relatable, inspiring, and leave you with healthier minds, bodies, and wallets. Join me in conversations with guests that intend to fill our souls and help us all along our path to living an abundant life. All right. Welcome to episode eight of the Soul Filler Diaries. Today, we are here with Sarah Ricky. And am I saying that right? Because everybody pronounces it different, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a big family thing. There's like four different pronunciations. Okay. Um, I'm married in, so I just, I know who you're trying to talk to. Okay. So, but yeah, that's how my husband pronounces it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. So Sarah Ricky of Bob's Corn. And um, thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you here and kind of chat through your story. And it's so funny because as we're sitting here looking um, at each other, this <laughs> podcast room, I'm like, I see so much of your girls in your face. Right. And maybe it's because they've gotten older, so they look more like you now, but it's like almost like trippy. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they each, I look like each of them at different stages yes. in their lives, which is funny because some of them don't look alike at all, mm -hmm. but I can see parts of me and then I'm like, but you look nothing like her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's funny. Yeah. I can see parts of all of them in you. <laughs> yeah. So you have five girls that you've raised on the farm. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Five very, somebody asked me one time. Um, which one of your girls is strong-willed? And I just laughed. I'm like, which one? All of them, which is so great. Yeah. It's so great in so many ways and so exhausting all at the same yeah. time. So, yeah. I get it. I get it. I giggled too when I heard you say that because I know your girls and like they are all just so amazing, like big, strong personalities that are all, yeah. And they're all so different, which is also yeah. fun because when yeah. I think Lucy or Georgia, the two little ones were born, somebody was like, oh, yep, cookie cutter rookie kid. <laughs> and then somebody actually asked me at one point, are you just sick of having girls? And I was like, what? you obviously don't have multiple daughters. They're all so different. Or just children in general. Right. Um, we just my niece, we were just having lunch with my niece and she's one of eight. And I always told her mom, like, you have you're like a science experiment and how many different personalities one person can have because right. they're all so drastically different. Yeah. Wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, my husband's fourth generation farmer. Mm -hmm. And so in 2018, him and I bought the farm from his parents. And so he has been growing sweet corn there since he was nine. He's the baby of five. And it was a dairy farm. His dad had a dairy farm and he was not interested whatsoever in showing cows or doing 4-H at the fair with the cows like his siblings did. So his dad was like, fine, you're going to plant corn. So it's grown over the years. And that's how I met him was there. But yeah, so now we do pumpkin patch, corn maize. We grow sweet corn. His sweet corn is the best. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's the silt in the valley or we joke that it was grown with love. You know, either yeah. way, it works. Aww. Yeah, so we do that. We grow squash. We have a sunflower festival. Mm -hmm. Do the whole fall farm thing. I was born and raised here in Snohomish. And Snohomish was a really small town. And I had a really hard time in high school. And mm -hmm. so I was going to live anywhere but Snohomish. So the fact that I now am married to a farmer from Snohomish and love it, I would not want my life any other way. But if you would have told, you know, 14 year old me, she would have probably cried really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't have known, like been able to see how beautiful your life has no. become. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that, you can't see that far ahead. And I think we talk a lot about that in, in our episodes about how life kind of changes. Like, you can't maybe see what's coming down the road. And so, yeah. And would you want to? Like, no. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe not because you couldn't picture everything 
that goes into it. Right. Yeah, all the beauty that's there. Yeah. So we drove by the farm because our exchange student's leaving and she's like, oh, Bob's corn because she knows she won't be there for the next season. Oh, and it's yeah. like, oh, so sad. But it is such an integral part of our community. And like with my kids, like growing up next to the farm has been so fun. And we look forward to all the things like going to get the the way that you guys dip your corn with the butter on top. Mm. And like everything, like yeah. the squash bowls for dinner during farm Listen, season. we just love food. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have grown it so much. So he started just planting the corn. And when did they come up with the name Bob's Corn and like name the farm that? So the funny thing is the farm was always named Rickville Farms. Okay. Because it was a dairy farm and you have like... There's how you register for the cows, all that stuff that I okay. don't know. But he, when he was nine, he grew the sweet corn and on the side of the road, next time you drive by, okay. if you're heading to your house from the farm, yeah. there's like the guardrails there. Yep. Well, that used to be like a wooden bridge and there was a little turnout mm -hmm. and he would put his wagon right there and he would sell a dozen ears of corn. Well, he'd do the baker's dozen, okay. but he would only do 12 dozen a day. So if okay. you came and you were the 13th, he was like, sorry, you have to come back tomorrow. And you know, when he was little, they call you, called him Bobby. Uh -huh. So it was always Bobby's corn. Oh, I'm going to go get some of Bobby's corn. Just like, yeah, it was who it was and what he had. Yeah. And so then over the years, it was just Bobby's corn, Bobby's corn. So it's funny because some older people will come in now and be like, where's Bobby? And you know <laughs> how long they've known him or yeah. been a customer. Yeah. And so eventually um, people kept after, year after year, people were like, oh, we want to go see the cows. So he'd walk them up the driveway. Well, that's a bit of a jaunt. Yeah. And so he moved his corn stand, quote unquote, up to that little play shed that's partway up the driveway yep. and sold there. So that's where it was when I met him. Mm -hmm. And then soon after we married, they sold the cows. Dairy farming, long story, not sustainable in Washington state. Mm -hmm. So where our country store is now used to be the calf barn. So they like dug it all out and poured a concrete floor. And that was our country store. And we had like three apple, those big apple bins, yep. like with product just on top of it. Mm -hmm. And some corn. And that's all we had to sell. And we thought we were big time, <laughs> which it was for us. Yeah. We had young babies and you know mm -hmm. stuff like that. So so that's how it got the name. And then it just by the time I was there, it was Bob's corn. And then he started growing pumpkins, I think, in 98. OK, which was the year I met him. But I wasn't like at the farmer involved or okay. anything like that. And so then it's just grown a little bit over the years. He's really creative. He's really fun and he always wants to try something new. Mm -hmm. And so that's how things have kind of evolved and grown. And it's so fun. I just remember even like pictures of Brooklyn and Ella and your girls, like just going to play on the farm. Like that's so cool. We've had that because I think that's all evolved within the farming mm -hmm. where it's not just become a destination for just this event, but just like a place to go play and be and as and, a family. And for like our kids just being kids, mm -hmm. you know, our girls had some friends over this last weekend. And it's interesting because our it's our two youngest and, you know, through COVID, social life was not normal. Right. Um, and so they're just now finally getting back into the groove of social things and making friends. And some of my kids are more outgoing than others. Mm -hmm. Like one of our kids had a volleyball party on Friday night just in the front yard. Just yeah. pizza and volleyball. Like nothing but uh -huh. like just that, you know, the fire truck drives by and honks and waves mm -hmm. at the kids, you know. Next night, a different kid just had like three or four friends over for a bonfire. Like nothing yeah. huge, but just like, oh, you know. I'm so grateful that we live out in the country and yes. not in the city where we can do these things and that we have the space to do these things and be a kid. You know, they're on their phones a lot, which is fine. We yeah. all are, right? But the fact that they can have both yeah. is is really nice. Yes. And just running around, you know, barefoot on the farm, the dogs like, yes. I mean, it's just such a cool. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is for sure. So we built our house out there in 2002. So you were there then mm -hmm. because I only had two kids then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember you coming because I remember you from the school at first mm -hmm. because Alyssa. Yeah. This is like a year or two older than Kylie. Yeah. She graduated in 2012. Okay. So mm -hmm. two years older than Kylie. And I remember you guys did a fire pit like way back in the day when we had like two fire pits. Uh -huh. And I just remember you had Brooklyn in your arms and she was like three or four and just being a three or four year old, mm -hmm. you know, you were just so patient with her. And I don't know why that memory just like came to Oh brain, my gosh. But. Maybe, maybe I was patient by the third one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, having the three in different stages, it was easier to be able to actually focus on one at a time too. Right. But, you know, like that's so funny that that was your perspective. Well, it was just that just that night, just mm -hmm. literally I haven't thought of that in years Aww. and it just popped into my head. So you just the history of it all, you yeah, know, and then like Kaden yeah. working for us. And I know. And that you guys providing the jobs for the kids in the community is so huge because I think that is so important for kids, like just having their confidence building and like having that autonomy to have this job of their own, get a paycheck. It really does make an impact. And so many of our kids in our community have gone through the farm. I mean, if you had to guess how many kids oh have goodness. you employed over the years? Here's what I will say, like if any of our former employees hear this, um, <laughs> we've gotten better over the years. Man, <laughs> learning as you go is rough. And bless those young kids. I was never confrontational. So yeah. when people would come on employees, you know, especially yeah. teenage employees, a lot of it's their first job or their yeah. boys and they're just messing around being goofy doing whatever mm -hmm. you know but like like I said Bob's the fun creative on it and I'm not that yeah. I am the structured rule oriented we mm -hmm. have a time schedule we're doing this we're doing that and so over the years we've gotten to be such better employers <laughs> <laughs> but we just really love it I, how many kids I don't know so we hire about 200 people seasonally mm -hmm. probably for the last like six years right my favorite number was when we had 75 employees I felt like I could manage that real well and after that I was like man and not all of them are new each year. We, right. We have a, you know, I don't know what our return rate is. I would say at 50 percent probably. Yeah. And then you have and then they'll age out, go to college, some of the the high schoolers. Mm -hmm. But then you have some people like Nick. How many? Nick was there for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah. Nick. Oh, God, I love Nick. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Nick was there for a long time. And now he like it's funny because we're going to be doing hay mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of next month. And Bob's like, okay, I need you to like text the boys and get a hay. Well, Nick, Nick and that crew used to, oh, they were the best hate group. Yes. We used to always text them and I'm like, yeah, he's aged out. They have I real know. lives and real jobs. <laughs> <Damn it>. uh, <laughs> well, I know Caden used to just love like when she'd get that call in August to come mm -hmm. pick corn or do whatever, you know, she yeah. would work with Grant, I think a lot. And she worked hard. I mean, she learned to work hard. They would work yeah. like eight hours picking corn in the sun, right? Mm -hmm. Like. And it's so good. I mean, so many good life lessons through that. And it's so great. You know, I grew up in church my whole life and everybody's supposed to be loving and kind and love each other in church and everybody's supposed to be accepted. And it's just not what I've found that to be. But on the farm, it's a neutral space. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's that place where everybody belongs. And that's the thing that we try to tell yeah. all the employees, kids, adults, likewise, like this is a place where everybody belongs. You don't have to fit a certain set of rules. You don't have to look right. a certain way. You don't have to believe a certain thing. But you're all welcome here. Yeah. And it's interesting because the kids end up becoming the, the employees that are kids end up becoming family. A lot of them. Yeah. Just because my philosophy now is that I'm going to treat you like my kid in the sense of I want to train you well. Mm -hmm. I want to provide you skills that when you go to your next job, you have learned something here that you can take on. Yeah. And that hopefully if you've had another job before you learn something there that you can bring to us yeah and I often tell the kids like I'll hold you accountable and I'll call you on stuff mm -hmm. because that's what I would do for my own kids one of my kids who shall remain remain anonymous um <laughs> I fired her one year I was like you're not ready for this sis yeah 
you're going to need to go. I love you, Mm -hmm. but you're going to need to go and we'll try again next year. And granted, she was young, but like Kylie started working when she was seven. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she wasn't that young, the kid that I ended up firing. But, you know, like I want to help these kids learn and I want to learn from them because these kids. We have a lot to learn from them. We do. And you know what? They're, I don't know, they're, most of them are really cool. There's some that I'm like, I feel bad when I'm like, Oh, we do not connect. We're just, yeah. we don't jive with each other. They're not bad kids at all. Right. Just our personalities maybe don't jive. And I'm still kind to them, but I'm like, I feel bad when there's somebody like Caden who you love <laughs> and you're like, yes, we'll teach you to drive the tractor and we'll do this and we'll do that. <laughs> you know, she comes by all the time or whatever. And then there's some of the kids you don't connect with on that level, but there's still, everybody still belongs and yeah. still welcome. And so it's a really cool, neutral place. There doesn't have to be a set of rules to belong. You just belong because you are. I love that. I love that. And then we need that in our community and our kids. I we we've talked a lot about this too, is like they are being raised in, in a culture so much different from what you and I did, like in yeah. the church community where you had to live certain ways and you lived with a lot of guilt for, mm-hmm. you know, looking at a magazine or whatever behaviors we were or not supposed to be doing. <laughs> but uh, I, I won't like go too deep into this, <laughs> nope. but did that get us, did that help us when we, no, that did not help us in our teen years. <laughs> like it like backfired, I think. So it's very interesting to me. Like I, I'm sure that culture is still out there today. Very much strongly. So. Oh yes. Yeah. When you look at like, how a lot of our kids are growing up without the shoulds with the you can be who you are. I'm just so excited to see what their futures are going to be like, you know, when they have that confidence now. And when I say we we have a lot to learn from them, it's because they really are more progressive in that way than we are. So my kids teach me lessons all the time. They're like, mom, you know, this this is maybe a different way to look at that. Or and I'm like, wow, yeah, like it's a different perspective they're able to offer me because they are further along in this journey than I am at almost 50, right? Which it's humbling. Yeah. I know my kids will just ask open-ended questions, but why do you believe that? Mm -hmm. I remember Kylie doing that when she was probably in high school and I was like, let me get back to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, but they make you think and really process through things. Okay. I did once believe this little morsel of whatever, is that still true? Is that who came up with that idea? Right. You know, how is that loving to my neighbor? You know, like all these different things. Mm-hmm. And and it's good to think and reevaluate yeah. things and structures and whatever in your life that maybe you haven't reevaluated in a while. Yeah. And I I like to think, I mean, I know this about you, like you're in the community, you guys work hard, you give back, you love people, like truly love people. That's part of how that how the farm has grown because people there's a warmth there, right? Mm-hmm. And a love. And and I think if if we're getting up and that's like, that's our purpose in life to get up and to be in our communities and to love and accept. Yeah, that's, that is like the goal, right? Not living. Hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, yeah, it is hard. There's days I don't want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. A lot of days. Mm-hmm. I joke that I didn't realize I was, I was an introvert until I had five kids. And then I was like, oh, I like alone time, time. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't realize how much I like solitude until we bought the condo for Caden up in Mm -hmm. Bellingham in 2019. So we had it for like six months before she moved in and I would go up there and that's the first time in my life. So that was four years ago. And I'd been parenting at that time for 25 years, right? That was the first time I'd been alone and I didn't know, you know, like how much I would enjoy it to be like truly alone for like 24 hours Mm -hmm. and just journal and all of that, you know, like yeah, solitude is a beautiful thing. But you go through a period of time that's quite long where you don't get any solitude. So <laughs> I always think I'm like always sitting at home on my deck going, oh my gosh, Sarah's still out there like 
day after day after day, these long days. So how do you manage through that? You know, it's so interesting. A, I have a really good team. So we Mm -hmm. have a really good core team. So we have right now for the first time ever, I want to say like 10 employees off season. Okay. Like year round employees, which has never been a thing before. Right. Um, So even my role at the farm has shifted just because you have to manage people. Mm -hmm. But we have a really good core team. So like we all pretty much know each other's looks. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes up, a customer that is just being out of control and I am at my max, Mm -hmm. I can look at multiple different people on my team and they'll be like, hi, how can I help you? And then they'll be like, oh, you're needed over there. Right. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. I can do that with them. Yeah. For the most part, it's a lot of fun. It's it almost feels like a family reunion each year, like when corn first opens Mm -hmm. and you get those those like regular customers that are becoming like they've known Bob longer than I have type thing Mm -hmm. or just different people that you only see during that time of year. So it's really fun. The events are really fun. Our staff is we're really cohesive, like all of our personalities really mesh well. And that's super important because you can have somebody who's really good productivity wise. And if your personalities don't mesh, don't have all the same type of goals, then it's a lot harder. But you also need somebody who our personalities mesh and they have the same type of goals, but they can actually produce work too. You know, so it's that balance. And it's difficult, especially when my kids were little, like my kids are on the farm Mm -hmm. with all these people. Right. right? And so now that they're older and the baby's 14, it's not as much of a, a deal. But when they were little, like, can I trust you around my kids? Right. You know, do I want you around my kids? Are mm-hmm. you safe? Are you not even just like in a creepy way, but like, do you watch out for, you know, Georgia yeah. when she was little? She's on. Oh, my gosh. All the energy <laughs> in the world, right. So like she's six and she would just go run the farm, you know. And so mm-hmm. every like two hours I'd get on the radios and be like, who's seen Georgia recently? Just mm-hmm. so I like had eyeballs on her. Somebody had eyeballs on her. So yeah. like you have to have these people you can. Trust. So it's really nice. And by the time it's done, I'm really glad it's done. Yeah. Um, I don't I would not be able to do a year round right. production like that. But it is really nice. Like one of Lucy's Lucy's kindergarten teacher her and I have become friends. And so when they show up at the farm, I'm like, oh, like my safe people. Like if I need yeah. to just be like, oh, this customer today was making me crazy mm-hmm. or my own kid was making me crazy. Like we can vent. She's a safe yeah. person, you know, who yeah. we can talk to. And it's just I love to see your kids and watch them grow and all that kind of stuff. And it's really the only time I don't think we would get together outside right. then. And I just really enjoy her and her family. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a bonus for me when they show yeah. up. Yeah. So people you don't get to see all the time, they get to come back and then you get to know them. And yeah. yeah, watching the families grow, that would be so cool. And it's kind of fun too. Like when we like do orientation for all the employees, we tell we tell people like our goal on this farm is for people to come and get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life and mm-hmm. relax and enjoy. So our job literally is to help people unwind and relax, which you know, part of that is picking corn in the sun or pumpkins yeah. or, you know, whatever. But like, what an awesome job. Yeah. To be so able cool. to just provide an outlet for people to just unwind. Mm-hmm. But it is crazy within that, like you were talking about, like when you have these this community coming in and how you said you don't like confrontation. I know for a fact that oh, you I don't have mind to confrontation do a lot. now. <laughs> Trust <know>. me. <laughs> you, I was going to say that's got to have evolved because you get some you have to do a lot of pushback with the community. And yeah, as and you've it, grown right with the. Yeah, Yeah. that was hard to learn. We we do this farm conference, which I didn't know was a thing. I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We do a farm conference once a year. And so we have gleaned a lot of good information from other farms around the country Mm -hmm. when it comes to like staffing or employee manuals or training or even customer service or how people just 
set up their farm, have mm-hmm. the flow of it all and stuff like that. And so that's been really helpful. And even, you know, here in Snohomish, there's seven of us farms. And in the last few years, a couple of the original farms have sold. But before that, all of the farmers, like their grandparents were dairy farmers together. So we're all super tight. Mm -hmm. And even the new people that bought those two farms have been brought into the fold. You know, and we go to conferences together. Like one of them has really amazing flower baskets. So if you drive by the farm and Sarah flower baskets, they're from one of the farms. Um, And they'll text, you know, Bob, we get a new shipment in, send your wife up, you know, kind of thing. And so it's just really cool to be able to meet with those other farms and collaborate together and help each other out. Which is a really rare thing. Like when we go to our national farm conferences, people are like, oh, my gosh, there's seven of you farms. Are they your competition? And oh we're like, goodness. no, they're our friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're our community. They're in yes. your eyes by lifting others. Yes. yes. And so, so, yeah, I really, really enjoy the farming community a yeah. lot. And I think that our community, it's, I mean, it's so great that we're like surrounded on all sides by mm-hmm. the farms. And we draw a lot of tourism in for that reason. And there are weekends where there could be more farms in this area right it gets so busy mm-hmm. right like it, we are on starlink now but it used to be that during those peak weekends we couldn't get cell service or internet <laughs> at our house because there's so many people yeah and i love it. i mean i love that it brings that in but there's no reason for competition there's right. each farm has got its little unique things yep. that they do i love that the swans trail they had them on the Snohomish Storytellers. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. listened to that, but they have their like berries and babies right now yeah. or something. So everybody kind of has their different. We were actually down things. hand planting sunflowers because we had a few rows that didn't do so good the other yeah. day. And Nate from Swan's Trail came over and with a whole flat of strawberries. Aww. And was like, here you go. Because I don't know, his dad used to milk cows for Bob's dad. So cool. And when he stopped and bought their farm, Bob's dad helped him get set up in the dairy. Okay. And he did a dairy farm and he was the first farmer in Snohomish to get rid of his cows. And he was the first corn maze. So when Bob started his corn maze, then Ben came over and helped Bob. So when I say we're all like close, like it's all, yeah. Marv Thomas has been like, yeah, your planter's not working and you need the bolt off of mine. Sure. Just go grab it. You know, Keith Stalker has helped us with like how he sets up his hiring things years mm-hmm. ago. You know, like all of us are like that. And it's just, it's really cool. It's not just like, oh yeah, I'll help you. You know, one of them has a crop failure or something. The other ones step in. It's just, it's a really cool community. That's so cool. And it's funny because I was just talking about my great aunts that there was an article recently in the Herald. They were, the, they're the oldest Snohomish grad still alive. Fun. Anyways. So my uncle Art, my dad was just telling me we got on the subject, was the first person to load cattle in an airplane and ship them off oh, wow. on, via plane. So I, it must, it kind of ties into that same thing where they ran the dairy farm and they were getting rid of all their cows and, or get, you know, selling yeah. cows overseas and putting them in an airplane. So yeah, it was definitely had a strong history of dairy farms in this area. My great grandparents, my great grandma's picture is upstairs. They had a dairy farm, but they actually lost their farm during the depression. Yeah. Sad times. Yeah. But yeah, this community has been through a lot with the farms. It's fun to see how they've evolved. Yeah. Well, and you have to you have to provide like entertainment or something else. You cannot survive just on your crops right. alone. And I think that's probably when all that shifted. Right. Everybody had to get creative. Um, and I remember the farm really being the first was Ben was the first yeah, one. Ben yeah. was the first. Yep. I remember that because Alyssa, our girls was, were little then. And it was like a new thing. I remember taking Caden, I, trying to take Caden <laughs> through the Washington State maze. And she... 
she did not, she was not having it. She was probably 20 months old, something like that. Yeah. We had to get off. Ben had to stop the, <laughs> the tractor and let us get off to take Kate home. So I used to work in downtown Bellevue mm -hmm. and Kylie was little, little before I ever met Bob. And we used to go to Craven Farms. That was yeah. the farm we went to. Craven is where I grew mm -hmm. up. And I have Alyssa's, like I took her to the pumpkin patch the first time when she was a month old. Mm -hmm. And I have a picture of my mom with her at Craven because Craven was really the kid friendly pumpkin patch back oh, then. And they did it really well. Yeah. 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 So they've been, I wonder if they're the longest, the oldest pumpkin. I wonder if they're the longest for pumpkins and Ben is the longest. Uh, Swantrell is the longest, longest for, for corn, maze. corn maze. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were definitely the two pioneers mm -hmm. of it all. Mm -hmm. So fun. So fun. And then we just are lucky because we just get to live, drive the side by side down to the farm. And yeah. So I'm, I was asking Brooklyn the other day, I'm like, so are you going to talk to Sarah? But this summer she's babysitting Robbie. She's into oh, the babies, which yeah. is the only one of my girls that's into the babies. So oh, how funny. It's so funny. She's so she's looking forward to having Corey's Robbie over. I saw a picture of him the other day when he got his hair cut. So cute. <laughs> so big. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so cute. So cute. So we've talked a lot of kind of about life right now, right, and your journey to get here. But what obstacles, what do you think are the biggest obstacles, you know, in getting to where you are today? You have to be teachable, I mm -hmm. guess. My dad uh, said that to me years ago, talking about dating somebody. As long as they're teachable, everything's going to be okay. And I think that goes for all of us. Like, we mm -hmm. all need to... A step back and realize that we all have faults at times. Yeah. We all have areas of improvement that we need to work on. And so am I being curious? Am I being open to situations or solutions other than what I already know? Because right. what we already know is really comfortable at times mm -hmm. and the unknown can be really scary. We've had a really rough 18 months as a yeah. family. Over the last 18 months, we've had a lot of family traumas, I would say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my new philosophy is if Everybody's alive and nobody's in prison. We're doing good and everything else will work itself out. Right, right. And I was very rigid person for a mm -hmm. very long time. I don't know how my husband put up with me for those first like 10 to 15 <laughs> years because I see it in a couple of my kids where they have a tendency in certain areas to be very rigid and not flexible at all. And it makes me crazy now. And then I think to myself, oh, that used to be me. Yeah. And so I think just being open to change, mm -hmm. to uncertainty and going with the flow. Mm -hmm. that's what one of my tattoos is all about is yeah. just learning to flow yeah. and not needing to know everything all the time and always have a plan yeah and if you are a planner person that is really hard <laughs> it is it is and I you know we've we had talked a little bit last year because I think some of our girls are going through similar things mm -hmm. and it's hard because it's like well we have to do things like well we have to do this we have to do we right do we if it means our kids mental health or you know, do we make them do things that they're uncomfortable? It, it kind of goes back to, no, what are we doing? We're, we're doing that same conditioning. Yeah. So it's got to be a balance, you know, of helping them through those struggles with grace and then seeing where, where they go and kind of helping, helping them move along gently and lovingly, I guess. Well, and I think them. too, another thing I've learned is it's okay to choose me. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right? Like I, mm -hmm. growing up, and whether it was religion or just the culture of the day and age we were raised in, it was selfish to do what you needed to do. And yes. I'm not like talking about choosing me like I'm going to eat the whole bag of chips and not share. Yeah. But like, is this decision that I'm making, do I have to keep doing it or is it OK to choose me right. or my family over yeah. everything else? Because yeah. in the end, 
Uh, my dad just recently had a yes. massive, massive heart attack. He died three times, like he had a stroke. Oh, it's been so sorry. There's no reason he should be alive. And yeah. he just came out and visited the farm today. Oh. And it's literally been a month Oh my and two gosh, days. I'm getting like tears. So in the end with him having that, like, you know, he comes home from the hospital and we're all like around him. Like he's a this little fragile yeah. glass doll. And he sits down in his chair when we finally get him home. And my mom's like, okay, what do you need? And he's like, I have everything I need. In the end, nothing else mattered matters. but our family right yeah. there. Right. Yeah. And so it's perspective, mm. just keeping mm. that perspective in mind. Like, mm -hmm. yes, is this thing that just happened frustrating? Yeah. yeah. It can be frustrating. It can be annoying. Do you worry about them? Right. Right. You worry about them. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's okay to problem solve or it's okay to be irritated about that. Mm -hmm. But I don't need to be like blown up about that. Right. Like, because it really in the end does not matter. Right. Right. I have a rule that I you know, when I'm decision making, I go, but it is, it's like 10, 10, 10, like how is this going to affect me in the next 10 minutes, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years. And most of the time, everything we're dealing with 10 years, when you put it in that perspective is like, it's going to have worked itself out. It's going to be a distant memory, right. you know, but also when we're talking about like everything you've gone through in the last 18 months, that being one of them, your dad, right. That mm -hmm. was a there's so much learning in that, right? Like coming out with this perspective that family and that's what matters is just the people, right? There's so much that comes out of the the trauma per se. Um, We've had a lot learning. of trauma. I'm done with lessons. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no more lessons. Listen, right? A year ago in January, I learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah. So can we stop? It's funny because yeah. the first kind of trauma was Bob's dad died. Yeah. And it was, you know, he had had cancer and everything and then he got COVID and it was just, it was very mm -hmm. traumatic. And like he went on life support on Halloween, you know, so it was like a whole thing and it was, it was bad. And then the last thing is my dad. And I'm like, okay, these are bookends. We're done now. Right. Yeah. Like we're done. He, every single one of my kids has had something happen. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am over this. And what I've noticed now is when people do get amped up about something small, it's what I have the least patience for. Right. I'm like, do you not realize, you know, the life is bigger than this. Right. Yeah. But then I'm also grateful that they haven't had all these traumas so that they don't realize. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then sometimes that they might, I was talking to a friend about this the other day about the whole cancer journey mm -hmm. and my assistant's husband right now, he was diagnosed a week before they had their baby, had to go in for surgery and now oh. has been six months of chemo, but we'll go to dinner with them and nobody else around us knows that he's going through this, that they're not sleeping at night because they have a brand new baby. They are going through this major life transition and dealing with this very traumatic cancer episode. And I'm like, nobody knows what other people are going through. Mm -hmm. Like nobody that doesn't know them know, would be able to look at him and know that that was happening. Right. Right. So even when we think people maybe don't have the trauma, it may be that they're acting that way because they are just so maxed out. I know I was for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And so when you said I was being so patient with Brooklyn, I was like, oh man, I tell you, sir, there's lots of years where I was strung so tight and so overwhelmed yeah. that I wasn't, Same. you know? Same. Yeah. But look at, there was times that you were yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> it did, yeah. You know, with other people going through things, I think I used to be a really judgmental person. And I think it's a struggle that every once in a while comes back. But now I feel like when people act a certain way where I'm like, what is their problem? My first thought now is I wonder what's happened in their life right. that they're mm -hmm. doing or acting or mm -hmm. being or whatever, you know? Yeah. Because I'm sure that there's been many times over the last 18 months where people have thought about me. Like, you know, I, there's times I've just gone to the grocery store after my dad had his thing. I don't think I could go even hey, we were at the hospital a lot. Right. But the thought of going into a grocery store, even to grab a gallon of milk, 
I was like, I can't see other people. Yeah. I can't even the the thought of having to look or smile at somebody or even just exist in a line mm-hmm. behind somebody to buy my milk. I, I, I just even I couldn't. Right. And thankfully, we had a lot of people around us to support us. But, you know, what about people that don't have that? Right. And they do have to do those everyday things. Well, and I think that's the the other thing. It's going back to like, you know, I probably when I was had the kids and it was more chaos when they're younger, it was like you just pushed through and you just did all the things because you felt like you had to. And when I look back, I'm like, I should have stayed home and mm-hmm. just stayed home more. Mm-hmm. I should have been like, no, we're not doing that. And because I think of how that would have reduced my stress level, like if we didn't have to be doing, doing all these things that we thought we had to do all the time. Yeah. Because you knew you, you didn't want to see people and that's okay. (laughs) You know, right? Like that's more than okay. Like listening to what's right for you. So where do you guys see the farm or your life kind of going from here? I mean, I think about like the girls growing up, like there's gotta be just, I mean, I look at the potential that like opens up, right? Like, yeah. So in the whole transition from Bob's parents and the farm to us, mm-hmm. th- there was never a plan. And I don't think, here's me going back to my planner days. Yeah. I don't think that generation did. I mean, right. they just worked until they died, right? And right. then everything else. And so having five very spirited children, we know we can't just wait. And to be honest with you, like, at what age do I want to retire? Right. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to work, probably, but I don't want to be working the amount of hours that I work right. now. Like. October weekends with fire pits is crazy, like 18 right. hour days. Right. But I also don't want to wait till the year before I want to retire to start handing this over. So recently this off season, my niece and one of my daughters have come on year round okay. and I'm starting to give things away of my duties, not give them away, but help train them. Mm-hmm. So like my daughter is doing the scheduling this year. And so we'll see how that goes. Like, yeah. you know, I did have somebody help me with it in the last few years and she was great. But like, how do we eventually hand this over to the right, kids. Right. And what's great is if my daughter who's working for us right now doesn't want to do that forever, that's okay. Yeah. But at least while she's here, I'm learning how to train somebody else to do it. Right. So that if she wants to leave, we've already kind of got the bugs worked out. Yeah. Because we know yeah. each other's communication style. Really and you can well. document it too. Right. right. Yeah. So somebody else could take that over a lot easier. Mm-hmm. My niece does a lot of like the tech and inventory and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, and so She's doing a lot more of that. So I'm almost giving all of my responsibilities away, but walking people through it. And I'm sure we'll walk through it for the next three to five years, Mm -hmm. you know, working out kinks and things change and this and that. And so, you know, even Georgia, Georgia will be the one that does the farming. As of right now, you know, they go through stages when she was little, her dad was king and all she ever wanted to do was be like her dad. And she didn't need to go to school because she already knew how to do her job, you know, like at eight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she went through that phase where the farm was so dumb. Why would anybody want to be there? It's so embarrassing to be a part of this, you know? Uh, And now she's back to like, this is cool. And, you know, she helped him go move around bales the other day and he let her operate the squeeze. You know, obviously he was right there and everything, but like he bailed his first field of hay solo at seven years old. So this is not like unseen that kids could do this. And so George is very adamant, like, I will do the field work. I will be the farmer. I am not doing that book work up there, yeah. you know? And so for Abby to want to do that currently, but like if Georgia also, she wants to go to college, right? So mm-hmm. she's obviously going to graduate high school in four years and then go to college for four. So it's going to be a while. Yeah. And if her desires change before then, that's fine too. Yeah. Right. But just figuring out that plan of eventually handing it mm-hmm. off to the next generation, what that looks like. Kylie will never come home to the farm permanently. Right. And we support that, but she comes home and visits, right? Yeah. And she's off living her best life. I'm living vicariously through her, Um, you know, 
And Ellie Mae does some of her stuff. And she also loves to nanny. She's the one that loves kids. And Lucy Jo, who knows? She'll figure out her own niche. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like people. So if she stays with the farm, I'm sure she will be doing inside computer work. Yeah. (laughs) HR. (laughs) (laughs) She is really good with finances. Mm -hmm. Ever since she was little, we've been calling her our CFO. Yeah. Because Bob likes to spend money. And she's like, you cannot. (laughs) Like, we tried to buy her a quad and she cried. (laughs) So... In the future, I just see it as the biggest thing, obviously, figuring it out between all of the kids, you know, having a plan in place. But then how do we make sure that the culture that we have created where everybody belongs, that's the most important piece to pass on and keeping it a farm Mm -hmm. and keeping it a place of relaxation Mm -hmm. for people and keeping that culture of people matter. Yeah. No matter what. I love that. Love that. What is the biggest takeaway from this year's farm conference? Like when you go there, do you guys learn like every year you're learning Mm -hmm. new things? What was your biggest takeaway this year? Uh, My biggest takeaway for me actually was so before we left, I was trying to figure out like how I manage all these people and how I get all my stuff done. still, right. And I'm a very much I love having tasks and I very much get my value from completing my tasks. Yeah. And so now to not not really have a tangible task like, yeah. You're making that spreadsheet. You're doing that order. Well, I still do some of that because I haven't fully given everything to everybody else yet. But like I used to be the ones that pressure wash and paint the Mm -hmm. barns. Right. And you could see that somebody would come to the farm and be like, oh, that barn looks so good. Did you just paint that? And I'm like, yeah, I did. You know, like I was proud of myself. But then when other people said it too, you're like, oh, awesome. Like that's not my job anymore. Yeah. And having kids that are, George is my most social. So I'm constantly running her places, Mm -hmm. which I love for her. So shifting even just my mental focus of no this is now my job and restructuring who does what on the farm because mm-hmm. for so long we didn't have enough employees around where it was like well who's in charge of this oh well me or anna or grant or bob or you know and mm-hmm. you'd go down the list well then you know one person would give you permission and the other pe- person didn't know yeah and then it was just confusing and chaotic and so just restructuring all that yeah and so structuring the farm and who does what and making things very clear i think that's my big thing this year communication is clear Clear communication is kind. Yeah, the lines, kind of the lines of command, but not like hierarchy, but just everybody knowing the Right, so if you're a new employee and you're like, I work in donuts and Mm -hmm. here's my boss. And then above them, if there's a problem, we would go to this person. And then Mm -hmm. this, you know, just so you know where your solutions come from. Right. Right. And not only that, then to the leads, because I have amazing leads at my farm. I could not operate the farm without them. Mm -hmm. You know, so they know who they go to for things because people come to me a lot. And I don't know everything yeah. and I don't want to make all the decisions. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Some days I'd like to just show up and have somebody else tell me what to do. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So my biggest takeaway was just looking at it different, not in the way you have to make that shift every so mm-hmm. many years. And this was the year where I was like, as soon as I figured that out, it was it, it relieved a lot of like, oh, oh, OK, this is what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And then yeah. the kids. So we took two of our kids this year and my niece along with our other employees that we usually take. And so they got to see what the farm conference was to just kind of be like, is this something you're interested in doing eventually? Or are you like, no, absolutely not. This is not my thing. And they all really liked it. And it was really cool because the three of them came away with, we're going to have a culture team on Mm -hmm. the farm this year. We have a culture crew. There's going to be five kids, kids. You know, they're all 19 to 21, right? But kind of bridging that gap between the generations because we have retired people that work for us. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, young kids and everywhere in between. And so 
one of my kids was like, you're intimidating sometimes, mom. <laughs> and I'm like, I, 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 okay. And she's like, what if we had a team of younger people mm-hmm. who could help bridge the gap? So if you're scared to ask Grant where the machine shed is, you can come to one of us real quick. And not only can we tell you where the machine shed is, but then we can say, who did you ask before me? Or who told you to do this? Did you clarify to them that you didn't know what was going on? Because yeah. we always tell the kids they're welcome to ask questions. Right. But if it's your first job, mm-hmm. like you're intimidated. Yeah. Most yeah. people. The majority of the mm-hmm. kids are, you know, and so to have that kind of go between a couple of years ago, we had one of the senior citizens that works on our farm who one of the younger kids that they knew and now I was transitioning was like, I, I don't know how to address them and I don't want to offend them and was able to go to that generation and be like, help me know how to yes. how to talk to this person or address them or whatever mm-hmm. in a way that's not going to hurt their feelings or whatever. And so it's just really cool so to cool. have the older yeah. generation learns from the younger generation and the younger generation learns from the older generation yes. and everybody in between. Oh. And so it's, it's real cool. That's awesome. So awesome. Oh, I'm excited. Now I'm ready for farm season. <laughs> one of the, one of my favorite things, well, it was just a new experience was yoga in the sunflowers last year. Yes. Such a cool, I mean, it was a beautiful <laughs> evening I just gotten out of my quarantine. And so I'd been in the house for a long time. And I was like, oh, it was like the best night. And the pictures were beautiful. And yeah. Just being down in that field. It's it's amazing. It really is. It's so, I feel so fortunate to live on that property Mm -hmm. now and just have that. Like, it's just gorgeous. It's like our own bubble. We joke all the time. We love to go places and do things. And then we'll be coming down like maybe 164th or yeah. Fields Road. And we're like, oh, back in our bubble. Back in your home. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but like, as I've gotten older, I've appreciated those things more. Like appreciating mm-hmm. being home, being appreciating the land and the space. Like, yes. not that I took it for granted before. Maybe it was just in that space where I didn't have capacity, but I just like now I just love it. Just like when we drive by the farm, like I just, I'm like, ugh, just part of part of where we live and it's so awesome well and it's funny you say that because I was leaving yesterday to go to my dad's house for a little bit and I was coming out the driveway and there was two cars down in the lane Mm -hmm. and we get a lot of people that trespass or whatever you know so we always have to make sure every car that's down there and my kids swim the river and I don't want strangers down there right and it's private property so number one so anytime there's a car down in the field you know we'll text each other and be like oh you know the red Toyota pickup is approved or whatever you know kind of thing and so I'm leaving and I text Bob because I'm like there's like a white box truck and a silver car down by Caden's Target. Are they okay? <laughs> it was probably Tim and Caden or no, something. No, it was the neighbors of the oh, food okay. bank farm and okay. they were approved. But I was like, I don't know. Has he seen them or not? But it's so oh. funny because like that's Caden's Target. I know. Right? Oh, that's so funny. I know. Because like and sometimes Tim, when he needs a minute, you know, like raising a teenager, he's like, yeah, I'm going to. Beatrix and I are going to go down, <laughs> go down to the river by Bob's. I'll hop on the side by side and go yeah. down. But um, yeah, Caden and she'll be home next week. She's on a cross country road trip and right I now. Super fun. You know, yeah. Isn't it? It's, they've been doing the coolest things. I'm like, this trip is going to be like a trip of a lifetime for them. I mean, so many memories. Yeah. Isn't it great? Because like you and I both had kids young. And yeah. So we chose a different path for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But like, it's so exciting to see our kids be able to experience yes. things mm-hmm. that maybe we didn't. Yeah. You know, Kylie yeah. lives down in San Francisco and her best friend comes home from Australia and they go to Napa for the weekend and do the winery tour or whatever. And she, you know, went to the river yesterday and they were going to do a float and just like, it's. I'm so excited that they get to do those kinds of things, you know, Yeah, that they can, they're really like living their lives. And yeah. And I, I wouldn't have guessed that Caden, I mean, even a year ago, like it's again, one of those things, like she didn't know she was going to be doing this. I didn't know she was going to be doing this. And it's so cool to see her just out there, like living that but she still does that the archery so they'll mm-hmm. still be down there this summer when she gets back I'm sure yeah 
because yeah, I think they like to, they need, they need the distance down there yeah. that, that you can, they can get in your field. So thank you for letting, <laughs> letting her come use the space. Of course. Those are the so. things that our kids will talk about. You know, when, when we're gone and they're the grown adults without their families or how, whatever path they choose for that, they'll be like, remember when, yes. you know? Yeah. And I love that for them. Yes. I love the community that, that the kids get to grow up in yeah. with all of its challenges, mm -hmm. even, you know, mm -hmm. like the fact that they're willing to have the hard conversations with people mm -hmm. and, and, and embrace the good times and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I struggled with that a little bit when I first joined the board, you know, and, and well, you were on the board during a rough, yeah, patch, rough so. time, but also before any of that happened, before spring of 2020 happened, I mean, it was on the board for a year before that my eyes were really open to a lot of the kind of negative mm. aspects of the community. And I was surprised I was living in my little bubble. Well, did you grow up in this town? I grew up in Lake Stevens. So just, okay. yeah, just north of here. But because I never personally ex had those experiences mm. that other people had, or I didn't hear about, right. Hear about it in my circles. Right. And so when I came home, like, I love this community. And they were like, do you really know this community? And I was like, really yeah. had my eyes open to that. And then 2020 happened. Right. And it was, there and were rocks overturned. Showed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rocks were overturned that you couldn't unsee. Yeah. You couldn't, yeah. You couldn't live in your bubble anymore, which is great. Right. right. Well, and so, I grew up in this community, so none of that surprised me. Yeah. Like, I was very aware of all that. And that, that Snohomish is still a great place. We just still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And, and it, well, in the Pride Parade, just, I mean, oh, this year. I was so excited for that. Oh, so, I mean. And I the was fact so that, proud of our little town. <laughs> and I was, I was a little bit nervous about it. Be, oh, uh, fair. Not, uh, just nervous about what the kids would come up against. Yeah. Or what the people in the community would come up against when, during the parade. And it was not anything monumental at all, which was right. so amazing. And so many people came out. And it makes you see that sometimes the loud voices that feel scary or confrontational they're not the majority really right but if you're on social media it definitely does feel that way and mm -hmm. there's even so I've been off Facebook for a long time for my own mental health and with this situation with my dad my yeah. mom's been posting some stuff and so I've been on it a little bit more mm -hmm. and it's funny because I went to a grad party and there was somebody there who I grew up with and we feel very differently yeah in this day and age about a lot of topics mm -hmm. but the second that he saw me he was like oh my god how's your dad and like, mm -hmm. hugged me, we were back to being five-year-olds at yeah. church together, right? Yeah. And on social media, I won't interact mm -hmm. because I think it's really easy for me, I'll just speak for myself, to lose sight of the person and it really be the fight. So I won't interact with this person or mo most people I won't debate back and forth right. with. But if I saw him in person and, and we were having that conversation, it would be night and day. And so yeah. I think that's something that I have to really keep in mind too. Like in person, we would treat each other or we would see the humanity in right. each other a bit more. And I do feel that I could have a productive conversation back and forth, even in, in the mm -hmm. end of the point is not to agree. Right. But it's to understand each other better. Yeah. And I think that more of us care about humanity in right. general and each other and all these things get in the way. But I think the more I'm off social media, the more I believe that we can work through things face to face. The human connection, the real conversations, they're, they just, yeah, are so different. And I think. I really think that's where our girls had issues during COVID is like they lost that. And fact, I remember being at the farm in Brooklyn's like, I just, I don't know, you know, Lucy's there, but 
if you hadn't seen her in so long. And that's the first time I realized like this, this is hard. This has been hard on our kids. They don't know. They don't know how to have the conversations anymore or be around people. It's, and they were just at such a critical age for that. And that's part of why I'm doing this. It's like those connections, we learn so much about people and our stories through real conversations, which you don't get online. Right. Necessarily. So, right. Yeah. So if you had to get, or if you could give our listeners a piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, I don't know that I'm the person to give advice. Oh my gosh, Sarah, Um, you have so much wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, advice. I don't know. I I, I really don't know. You can do it, I guess, is going to be my advice. Like you might not do it well. You might not want to do it. There's a lot of things I have to do that I don't want to do, but like you can do this. Mm -hmm. You really can whatever it is you're up against and it won't last forever. I guess, okay, here's where I go to in all of this chaos. I really struggle with on hard days. I'm like, it's going to be so hard. It's never going to get better. How am I ever going to X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. whatever the problem is. Right. And I have started reminding myself on the hard days. Not every day is going to be like this. Yeah. So I need to be thankful. And then on the good days, I have the tendency to go the opposite direction where I'm like, we're past this. We'll never struggle with this again. This is the best day ever. My life is perfect. And then I have to remind myself, not every day is going to be like this. So I need to soak in in the awesomeness of this day, knowing that not every day is going to be awful and not every day is going to be amazing. And I'm going to make it through both of those. Yes. That's as long good. as we're all alive and not in prison, yeah. we're going to work it out. And, you know, even in prison, maybe things are going to be okay, but yeah. you just can't have homemade treats, I don't think. So you should really consider that. Oh my gosh, that's so, that's so awesome. But I do, I do think I do that more too, that like we were out at the Jetty, Jetty Island mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. the sunset the other night. And I'm like, it was just so beautiful. Everything about it, the crackling fire, the kids laughter. And it's like, almost like you just want to cry because it's just like, there's so much joy. I feel like right. I'm going to explode. Yep. And it's like, I wish I could bottle this because I know I'm going to hit a low or I'm going to go through a bad day and I'm going to need to remember that these days are out there. Right. And yeah. But if we didn't have both, would we appreciate those? No. What is that movie? Inside yeah. Out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sadness helps yeah. you appreciate joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the whole cycle. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yes. And listeners, you can do this. So whatever you're going through right now, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, you can get through it. And yeah, yeah, and it won't be like this forever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, okay. If people want to connect with you, what is the best way to find you? Yeah. You can follow us on social media or yeah. Go to bobscorn.com. Okay. So you have your Facebook and Instagram on bobscorn. Bobscorn and pumpkin farm. And then bobscorn.com. Yep. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you. Soul Filler Diaries, hosted by Brandy Hecker, produced by Red Trucks.